You are listening to the Massive Report podcast. The author Dean Kuntz once wrote, "We make hell real. We stoke its fires." We stoked them pretty good again last night. Welcome to the Massive Report podcast. Murph is here. Sam is here, and uh, Drew McDaniel joins us from the Mass Report uh, podcast and uh, website with uh, a special focus tonight on Crew 2, and we will get to that. It was the, it was the inaugural Crew 2, Hell is Real. And or toward, heck is plausible. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. We will uh, make sure we cover that before we're done with a chock-full Massport podcast. My name is Brian. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're at Saucy Brew Works again. They've got you covered. I just saw a guy walking out of here, the happiest man I've seen today, with two delicious hot sauce Brewworks pizzas in his hand, and he just went running down the road. He couldn't wait to get home and put them in his face. They have wonderful pizza here, and, of course, the, the beer goes without mentioning. They have a, a baseball-themed IPA that I'm having tonight. They do. It's it good. is I've the Home Run Derby yeah. tonight, the All-Star Game tomorrow. I'm a huge baseball fan. I figured that was appropriate. What do you got there, Drew? El Lager. I'm not a big IPA guy. So oh, it's refreshing on a hot day. Absolutely, <laughs> with the lime in there. You can't go wrong with that. Well, a lot to unpack. We will get to the trade that was announced this morning. Miguel Berry on his way to D.C. United. <laughs> We've got a lot of other stuff to get to. But I will note that it's pretty ironic that Miguel Berry gets traded away the day after another victory over FC Cincinnati, who uh, are now below the playoff line, and your crew are above it. Drew? You uh, were not working last night. You got to be in Nordic. Just give me a, a sense of the uh, atmosphere there compared to other Hell is Reels, compared to other matches. But put it on a scale of, uh, of 1 to 10, I suppose. Well, Caleb puts it at 10, it seems like. He says this was the best atmosphere we've had. It was certainly fun. We had the South Deck rocking. We had the North Deck rocking. The, well, the North Deck uh, rocking. It was great. I'd put it at a 9, 10, something like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. Another sellout crowd, too. That just makes the whole stadium atmosphere great. And it was in the rain, which is great. It was a, it was a really wet day. I'm just glad the lightning stayed away. That would have been a nightmare if we had had another delay. And the, the roof in the Nordeck apparently worked out pretty well. Okay, good. I, I was talking so I was to about that too. around the stadium. I was looking to see if there was anything that was heavily leaking, but I think by that point... The rain had kind of mostly, it was just light rain, and yeah. it wasn't, I didn't see any leaks. So. I was there when they did the, like, night at the Nordic thing, uh, probably a little over a month ago now, and it poured that day, and it was it was coming down pretty good. I mean, we were out by the, the beer garden, or whatever they call that there, in the concourse, but you could you could see in the stands, it was coming down pretty heavy. So whatever they've done, I think they've, they've get, hopefully got it fixed. Well, how could the crowd, especially in Nordic, not be just going bonkers? Because right in front of them was another Cucho go. And this one was sublime. It seems to me that he did, he, he struck the ball with his head, and he did it backwards the way most people would do it. Am I crazy no, here? I think you're, I mean, yeah, it's, it was a weird, weird one. And you look at, he's got four goals in three games. And, you know, he finally started a game against Cincinnati, and he's scored a great breakaway. He's scored a curler that would make Justin Merrim proud from outside the box. 
He scored a very good, low header. Yeah, inside the six, and then he scored off a set piece. Uh, so you know, he was he was the header of the set piece. So he's showing his ability to do it in in all sorts of ways. I just with all these goals, I think back to what Caleb said after the Giassi trade about a guy. You know, he made the neck tattoo comment that everyone jumped onto, but. The rest of the stuff he said was, you know, I want a guy who's hungry to score no matter what, is going to stick his neck out there, put his body on the line, and that's what Kucho does. I mean, he, he just wants the ball. He wants to score, and, you know, he's already got a great chemistry, it seems, with Lucas. I mean, Lucas has assists on three of his four goals, and this is, I don't think the, I mean, this is only three games in, so, you know, I don't want to talk with too much hyperbole about <laughs> this 23-year-old Colombian, but... It just seems to me that this is exactly what this team wanted when they when they went out to to sign a forward and, and I got no complaints. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of anything. You know, I wish I would have watched the game uh, from a more of a strategic standpoint, Drew. And I did. I watched it more as a fan, I suppose, being that I'm a fan. That's the way I'm going to watch it. But I know we talked last week a lot about. What is Cucho going to do for Lucas? What is he going to do for the other guys in the field to draw pressure away from them? Uh, what have you seen that, that gives you uh, hope in that area? Well, Lucas just has more room to operate. Like, Cucho is occupying center backs. Lucas, when you watch the Cincinnati game, he's receiving the ball with no one marking him. So they, they just can... He just draws the focus away. Luca, uh, Lucas has more room to operate, and then that's when you see the passes come in. Or, like, Lucas likes to take a couple steps and get around on a guy, and he's giving the ball away less. It's great. Yeah, he doesn't have to do it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, none of the guys do because there is a tension, and we were talking right before we started recording just about the movement of, of Cucho, and I was at the game in D.C., and I was telling these guys that, you know, at one point he popped up at, at, at right back to get the ball, and Stephen Marrera kind of looked at him like, what where did you, you come from? Like, what, what, you know, it just the crew haven't had a forward that's been this mobile. You know, I think the last guy, and you know, people will probably correct me, but the guy who was an actual forward, like Jairo Arrieta, not on the same level of player, but he moved around the field a lot. He was kind of all over the place. Now it wasn't nearly as effective, but it's bit. You know, Jossie Zardes did great inside the box, and Cucho has proven he can do that too. But he wasn't moving around. Miguel Berry didn't move around very much. Jason Russell Rowe is still very much in the development stage, but he seems like a, you know, a classic finisher. Drew said it before, that, that true number nine. Cucho's got a little bit of everything, and it, it just makes everybody's job a bit easier. Maybe he's more of a one through ten. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you watch it on TV, and it's like, oh, he's there. Oh, he's there. He's everywhere. There might be two of them out there. <laughs> yeah. it, sometimes it does look like him and Lucas, like you're like, because their movement is kind of similar, you're like, is that Lucas or is that Cucho? And it's like, you have to kind of take a double take. I think Cucho's a little stockier than, yeah. than Lucas is. But they're, like some of their combinations, like at the top of the box yesterday, I was like, oh, this is going to hurt somebody really bad. Because I, I thought actually Lucas took a few extra too many touches because he As had opportunities. Right, but he had opportunities to shoot the ball. And when he did, he forced a save out of the goalie. But he had opportunity to shoot the ball, and he didn't, just didn't take them. So, unlike Pedro, who took opportunity to shoot the ball that he probably shouldn't have <laughs> yeah. every time. The clock in the enough. head, you know, is still set for another time, you know, about three That's weeks possible. ago. That's possible. Know? And they're still getting used to one another. 
Well, the set pieces have been interesting too. They had one where they uh, had Kucho running around everybody and got a shot off at the top of the box that went wide, but they're looking for ways to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. As it, they should. It looks great. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they tried a couple things last night that were interesting. I still don't think Lucas should take corners. I think that should go to no, Pedro. No, I think that should, but should be a, they did try anymore. I think the first shot that Pedro had was off a corner or off a free kick. Yes. Where he, he was he, he volleyed was a corner. Yeah. 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 It would have been a beautiful show. Yeah. Oh, and that would have been demoralizing. I'll be interested because now you have a guy who's going to attract a lot of attention. He's not that big. I mean, you know, he's not overly tall, um, but you know, he's we've seen he'll put his head on the ball and it usually goes in the net. So what what things they do to get creative with that and obviously you have a guy like Darlington Nagby who can strike the ball from the top of the box. You've got your center backs in there. And if you play with three in the back, you've got three center backs that can, you know, do some things. So set pieces will be interesting. And speaking of Darlington Nagby, he also had a couple of chances to shoot, and he chose not to. And it's like, I take the shot. If nothing else, you'll get a rebound that you can just drop it in, considering how bad their defense is. Aiden Morris had a chance to score. Yeah, Moran had shot. Like, he had that cutting run down the middle. Yeah, he had that run. Yeah, Yeah, he had one against D.C. too. He was the only shot the crew had shot on goal against D.C. in the first half was Steven Marrera, which probably not a positive indictment on that first half offensively for the crew, but um, second half was was better. Um, What did we see that we didn't like, if anything? I thought that Cincinnati did a pretty good job of breaking our lines far off the field a few times. That was a little bit concerning. Yeah, I was a little worried early in the second half. It seemed like the crew took the foot off the gas a little bit, let Cincinnati kind of take control. I said to the person next to me at one point, like, they need to get back in this. You know, the crowd was still going and everything, but you you needed that second goal because we've seen it plenty of times. The crew give up a goal, a silly goal, and now three points becomes one point. And I was holding my breath more than once. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it, you almost forgot it was only one nothing, and I'm reminding myself, oh man, it's only one nothing. This this could go horribly wrong really fast. Is it is a better Cincinnati team? They're more complete. You got to give them credit. They are improving. No question. I definitely was thinking we're not playing to win this game mid second half. Mm-hmm. Now I do think uh, part of that was fatigue. Like, Pedro very much so looked tired. Yeah. I think the attack eventually got pretty tired. Rotation wasn't as significant this week as I thought it might be in the D.C. game. Well, if you look at it statistically, crew had 58% possession, expected goals, everyone's favorite stat, 2.13 and to, to Cincinnati's point. I thought that would be a bit higher. Yeah, 0.95 that's, for Cincinnati. So. I was going to say, that's higher than it has been for like a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. Well, the PK is 0.7. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, total shots were 17 to nine in favor of the crew. Big chances three to one. So you know the crew controlled most of the game. I just and I felt this way after DC and Chicago as well. Like now Cincinnati was ahead of the crew, but they hadn't been playing great coming into the game. They'd given up leads. You know these are teams. I think that you know if you think the crew is probably a, a top five team, you know with Cucho in, in terms of the Eastern Conference. I just want to see you play better against the D.C. Chicago's for sure. And even the Cincinnati team at home, you know, I'd like to just see you, you dominate it a little bit more. Now, it is a rivalry game. I thought Cincinnati had a smart idea to, you know, 
not let the crew get in the box as much as they wanted to. And, you know, they'd seen Cucho play a little bit, so I think that helped. But, you know, it, a 2-0 against your rival at home is a game you'll take 10 out of 10 times. But there were moments in it that I'm still, you know, just a little a little concerned about. Guys need to just be on their, their A game a bit more. And I think Drew's point about the fatigue is, is probably spot on. Yeah, I mean, the weather was cooler, but it was still humid as yeah. hell yesterday. And that's that's going to drain the battery. So no question about that. How yeah, big was that room save, though? At the oh, yeah. yeah. The game. Was that guy offside? I felt like he was. And they he didn't really talk office. about it on TV. It was on the opposite end of the yeah, stand. I don't know if you had seen it. Yeah, I saw I it on TV. It. They didn't have a great angle, but he looked offside to me. It was it was oddly an almost offside free game until they got to like halfway through the second yeah. half. And I don't think the crew had a single offside. Maybe they had one. But I don't think they did. Yeah, I think, I think, it, think, was right. all, I I think, think it was all I think it was all FCC. Yeah. There were two offsides, both were for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. the I mean, that's just impressive since you mentioned Hyra Arrieta earlier. Oh, yeah. Four right. offside. No, Cucho <laughs> knows how to time his runs, it turns out. Um, I, I think we should also probably hit on the, the penalty kick that didn't get called. Yes. I just can't. I was out in the concourse. I walked back just to see the shot. Then I saw it very clearly on the replay. How you don't go to VAR for that. Now, it works out. They get another PK. That one was also pretty clear. The second one was significantly more egregious. Sure, but you have to at least look at that one. I mean, like, I, I know that, that the guy in Atlanta is talking to the referee, but let the referee go take a look and, and be the judge there. That's what it's for. Like, that's, and it was weird the because the referee did give us the corner kick, so he clearly saw... Well, or there somebody was a touch. did. I thought it was there a goal a kick at first, and then he like conferred with somebody, and then gave us the corner. The only thing that I can think of is if they talk about like it was a normal body motion because he was basically kind of going like this, and it hit him. But his hand is still away from his body. Was, now, and to be clear, the other one, he was holding up his hands right. close to his face as opposed to sticking them out, which is what the second penalty uh, kick was. Yeah, his yeah. hand was like oh, and he yeah. way out there. And they argued, too. Yeah, they argued <laughs> it, and it's like. That was so obvious. You can't really argue that. And one thing I think that you're seeing, and maybe it's the effect of, of having Cucho out there and confidence and whatnot, but Luis Diaz, Derek Etienne, I mean, guys are trying step overs and like flicks and things that we haven't seen from those guys regularly. There just seems to be a different energy with this team. And, and I, I know, Sam, you were at that press conference when Cucho was introduced. I was watching it on our stream, but. I don't know, there just seems to be a little bit of a buzz, and he just seems to have that kind of aura about him. He's bought in, you know. I mean, he came from the English Premier League. He could come in with a lot of attitude. To me, he appears to be completely bought in, completely a team guy. Who This means a lot to him. This isn't just a paycheck. Um, And clearly, he's having fun, you know. A lot of smiles. It's it's beyond bought in, and I'll tell you why. And I noticed it in the DC game. After he scored the second goal to go up two, he is actually like, he's coaching on the field. He's pointing to guys, telling them to slow it down, telling them to do this, to do that. On all the set pieces, he was like telling guys where to go or where to like adjust for what FC Cincinnati is doing. He's basically almost second coaching on the field in certain situations. And that's, that's more than bought in. That's like... I'm here to kick ass and chew gum, and I'm already out of gum. Yeah. Well, and I was watching, so I flew back from D.C. Sunday. We came straight to the game, and I was watching the Atlanta United game that was on ABC 
before, and they bring Joseph Martinez into the game, and I know that's a player Caleb compared him to, and he does the same thing. I mean, he's talking to guys. As soon as he comes in, things are changing all of a sudden. Atlanta's creating chances. They score a goal. It wasn't him, but... And, it, you know, those two players remind me a lot of each other in terms of their energy, their attitude. I mean, Martinez just kind of got in trouble with the Atlanta coaching staff because he called out his team after they lost, I think it was 3-0 to Austin. But, like, at home. Right. But that's, to, to your point, Brian, about, like, he's so bought in. I imagine if the crew were to go on a, a slump like we've seen in the past, he would, maybe not right away, he just got here, but, you know, a couple years from now, he would be vocal about, we need to be better. He Josh Williams, them. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that, and I hadn't seen this, that they would lean on their best player for caring enough to ride his teammates about a terrible loss at home. Why would that bother them? Well, he, I mean, some of the comments he made were a bit... Okay, uh, I haven't seen... after the players, the yeah. front office. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after all right, all right. Well, fair enough. There's, there's a line there somewhere. But when he did come into the game... They even made, I think, Twelman on the broadcast was like, well, we'll see right here, you know, how the Atlanta fans feel about this. And uh, it was uh, quite the ovation yeah. for Joseph Martinez. Well, I'm sure. They, they know who, if they're going to go anywhere, they need that guy. Um, so let, let's put Cincinnati to bed here. We, we did last night. We'll see them again <laughs> down the road. Uh, they, Twice, technically. I didn't see. Not just I wish Al, our old friend Alex Stanek was here because he's so great at monitoring their social media. <laughs> uh, we'll have to have him come in before the next game. We should, Don't you for think? Sure. Hold yeah. on. There's a great one here. i got to pull it oh, up. Oh, okay. You pull that up. Cincinnati Gold Tracker? No, this is a different one. Oh, somebody already edited Wikipedia as Cucho, uh, with Cucho as the team owner. <laughs> for FC Cincinnati. <laughs> well played. I well like played. it. Well played. Well played. Well, if you could dig that up, I kind of want to go back to, to last Wednesday because you talk about a huge disappointment leaving those leaving those two points on the field. Uh, all right, here we go. This is an actual tweet. Matt just made it into a graph. I want Columbus to feel the pain I felt since 2019. I want it more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> That was I saw that and I was like, oh, oh, this is well, not going to go well know, for them. You got to earn your stripes in this league. How long you been around? Not that long. Um, as as great as Cucho was last Wednesday against DC United, the crowd was so sparse. And on TV, I could clearly hear Caleb after we took the that lead, yelling, "Possess the ball." And my thought was, we have this great new toy, and we're going to play with our new toy, and we completely lost the thread. Yeah, the, that game was so weird, and I wrote about this, that the first half... Bring up the stats for that, like you did the Cincinnati game. I want, like, expected goals and all that nerdy stuff. Yeah. See, where we, see where this game sort of lands with the, with the advanced stats. Yeah, the expected goal... So, the expected goals was actually... Uh, 3.47 for DC and 0.33 for the crew. Wow! Because there was, like I said, the, the only shot on goal the crew had in the first half was that Stephen Moreira shot, which rolled right to, was to the goalkeeper. And then, unwatchable. And then the second half, obviously Cucho's goal from outside the box isn't going to be uh, high on the expected goals tracker, and his header there, I imagine, is higher, but still probably not. Uh, I mean, the goalie got his hand right on it. Zero point Zero, or, yeah, zero point zero six for his second goal. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it almost seemed like because obviously that was a pre-planned sub to bring Cucho and Lucas in at halftime. 
it seemed like everyone was just kind of waiting for that. Like the first half, they were just like going through the motions. Pritchard get through this. Yeah, until like he comes in. we know we know what he can do, and I'm. I don't want to see that from this team. This is a team, DC United, that lost their previous game seven to nothing. Yeah, tying an all-time league rec- league record and for t- futility in one game. We talked last week about the fact that that you know that plus Wayne Rooney being announced as the manager was was certainly going to make them better, and it did. But the crew just didn't do anything to help themselves in the you know. The ideal scenario, I think, is you get a goal or two in the first half against a team that's really struggling. You bring Cucho in for 45 minutes just to get him fitness, but he doesn't have to play the hero. And instead, you know, him and Lucas had to kind of do it all. And then you give up a goal, and they save you again. And then you give up the goal in stoppage time. And you know, maybe there's. I know that the team was upset about the foul, and I think you that's could. That's what make, I was going to ask about. Yeah, the scissor at the. I, mean, I think there's a legitimate argument. To the, for the foul there, but my thing, you know, they look at it at VAR, and that's all I can ask from a referee. And my thing is, just get the ball. You know, you're literally seconds from winning the game. Clear the ball and clear your lines. Anibaba had a chance to before he gets fouled to to step out towards it, and you know, it just yes, he looks lost to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard, especially you know, you're playing center back, which is a position that takes a lot of concentration, assuming you're not dominating a game. So it's hard to kind of step into that role when he hasn't played a ton. You know, he is an experienced player, so I think he should be able to do it. But he's also you know, older and, and whatnot. I mean, he is their fourth center back. Let's remember that. That's it's a guy you hope you don't have to use a ton. Um, and, and none of the defense in general wasn't good in that game. No. I, you know, it's I don't know. you can argue about the foul all you want. I just think you could be better there defensively. And, and even on the goal, you know, they, they give up the first goal that – there were problems defensively there as well, and it was just I don't, the game was weird. I mean, it, in the stadium, I was at that game as I mentioned, and in the stadium, you could just kind of feel like, all right, they're probably going to score here. Like they just had the ball, they were keeping it. The, you could the, the fans that were at Audi Field, uh, which is unfortunate because it's a pretty cool stadium that it's not doing better attendance-wise, but um, yeah, it just it felt like they were going to get one. And they did, and you know, again, I I don't think the foul is the main talking point after that. No, I mean it's definitely our defense, but again, I think it kind of goes back to rotation. Pedro Morera played pretty much. I think they played every minute of those three games over the nine days, and Williams also. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it doesn't help that you know you don't have a ton of depth at either fullback position. Is it still possible to? Is the window closed now? Is it no, possible still open. to acquire somebody? Still open. Um, Some depth, and you can even make you can make trades within yeah. the league. And I know they really like James Sands, but it's Will, or Will, Will Sands. Sands. Sorry, yes. Uh, they, I mean, they probably like James Sands a lot too. Uh, but he's he's busy Love in Scotland. Both. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, if Pedro's healthy, Pedro's going to play. And the same with Steven. And then the center backs, it's obviously unfortunate timing to have Milos go out with an injury because you could have used him in the rotation. It was nice to see him for a few minutes yes. last night. And Jonathan obviously being suspended with yellow card didn't help that. Um, you know, Probably a few of your first-choice center backs out there, things are yeah, a, a different, different result. You, yeah. Speaking of first-choice center back, do you feel that yesterday's lineup was probably the A lineup that he would like to go with? I think Dagenick is in for Williams most of the time, okay. but Williams is a very close third. Yeah. What about on the wings? Yeah, and that's why I was going to – the other it, place, I think, is, is Luis Diaz. 
And like he's been, he was really good, obviously against Chicago. He was fine against DC, fine again against Cincinnati. You know, if Yao Boa can come on, that position is there for the taking mm-hmm. because you're you're not, you know, fine isn't what you want from that position. I think Diaz has played pretty well over this court last three games. I mean, obviously he had the two assists. I just, I think there's times where they're trying to isolate him speed-wise and aren't always crashing to give him some way to pass to. And that's, I think, a little bit of what we saw Cincinnati. I saw a lot yesterday of uh, Cucho talking to Diaz about where he wants the ball. And I think that's starting, like you can see Mm -hmm. it from game to game, that that is starting to improve. Because he's like, like I said, he's trying to coach, he's coaching on the field, but he's telling him, I'm going to be here, pass me the ball here, like when you get this far up or whatever. The issue with Diaz is the same as it's always been, and that's the, the decision, decision making, making on the final. You know, he's got the tools to beat guys, he, you know, and he started to play some simpler passes. He had a chance when he was one-on-one with the guy, but there wasn't anything in the box, and he did just he reset it, got it back to Marrera, and they moved it around, but... I think it's starting to get there, and again, the Chicago game was a great sign. It's just the consistency there. You spent a good amount of money on Yao Yuboa, not designated player money, but this is a guy you expected to be your starting winger, and right now he's not seeing the field at all. If he can get going, I think if there is another spot. Now, obviously, Artur, when he's back, there's a conversation there. I mean... The crew are undefeated this year with Aiden Morris on the field. They've lost two games in Aiden Morris's career when he started. That was his first start against Montreal and against Detroit. I've said it many times. I'll say it again. We have to have him on the field. He he does the dirty work. He is a game wrecker. He He was great last night. He was. He was. was You forget. You see all the flair from, from Cucho and Lucas, and you forget about this bulldog running around, causing it, problems. Let's remember, Artur is very good too. I oh, mean, I think he it's, is. A, it's a great problem to have. Two yeah, very different two. players. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and what I think this has allowed with Aiden is time to get used to playing with Darlington, which is a nice thing because he's going to be in there. You know, obviously, Artur and Darlington play very well together. I also thought when uh, when um, Igbe Kemme came in, I think he's. Like, if you need a goal, I'm not sure he's the guy to bring off the bench. But, you know, his versatility is great. But I think he's, like, he's good at closing things out when you're up. You know, he kept possession. Pos- possession yeah, exactly. Kept possession well, made smart decisions, got back on defense, made some tackles. So, yeah, that was a positive. And then you have Aiden pressure. winning possession, breaking up passes. I'd, I would love to see the stats for him this year on you know, how many 50-50 blocks. He's won. How many passes he stepped into the channel and disrupted? It's it's got to be an off the charts number. I don't know, you know, if they break it down this finely, but you know, they talk in baseball about wins above replacement right. and, and things like that. He provides so many intangibles that don't show up on the score sheet that you just you see it, and he just pops off the screen. Pops off the field is a guy who absolutely is a difference maker, and I don't, it, it's they're learning how to quantify this kind of stuff like they are everything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's it is a great problem to have. It truly is. I mean, I'm just such a huge fan, and I'm so glad that 
that uh, his his wheels are, are good again because that was uh, certainly yeah. a bummer to be without him last year. Um, we uh, we still will talk about Miguel Berry here coming up the trade crew two as well the big win and the what'd you call it again? Heck is plausible. Heck is plausible. The first heck is plausible. Crew two and are they calling it Cincinnati two? Yes. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But we have a game coming up Saturday against the head-scratching New England Revolution. Uh, they've lost two in a row now. Last year, they won the Sporter Shield, 73 points, a plus 24 goal differential. This year, they are now, with their last two results, underwater at a minus two. And the uh, and they haven't the, won in, it was six games when they won their last game. Six games ago. And I don't know if you saw Tom Bogert's tweet, I think, today, but they've given up 24 points this season in winning position. I saw that on their blog, and I thought that is a great way to look at. Just ahead of FC Cincinnati? Yeah. Yeah. That is a. That is such a telling stat. You're holding those points. You have a lead. It's one thing to say, well, they, they, they can't play with a lead. But to quantify it so simply, so elegantly, They've left 24 points on the field during the season. And this is a team that many felt would win the Cup last year. Yeah. I mean, they have lost some key players. Teal Bunbury's not there anymore. Adam Buxa uh, left during the season. Buchanan, yeah. yeah. Um, Or that's who I meant, not Teal Bunbury. Uh, Buchanan. Uh, It's Turner. Yes. Uh, And and they've replaced him. The goalkeeper seems to be doing well. But, yeah, I mean, this... It's head-scratching with Bruce Arena as their head coach because usually he's so good at just kind of keeping it. Once he gets it going with a team, did it with D.C., did it with L.A., kind of keeping the ball rolling, and they, it's not, as you as you pointed out, they have not been anywhere close to the team they were a year ago. And they had such a huge win in their hands at Philadelphia this past Saturday. one nothing, 75th minute, give up two late goals mm-hmm. on two blunders, lose a, a game that they had to have. Right. They had it in their hands. They, Philadelphia, yeah, great, hard to play against. Mm-hmm. They figure it out. Not, it's not, not always flashy. They figure it out. But they had had the match in their hands, and I think they're going to look back at that one, and and that's going to be well. That's where our season completely went down the drain. Um, you mentioned their goalie Dordi Petrovic, who uh, is Croatian. He's only 22. And if there's any position on the field in any league where you want some age and some experience, it's that one. So they're coming in with, what is their goalie situation? Because they certainly have uh, older, more experienced players. Yeah, I mean, he was brought in to replace Turner was the idea. And Turner was hurt earlier in the season. So he's played a good amount this year. And I honestly think he's played pretty well from what I've seen from them. They just haven't. I mean, it's almost mental at this point. I mean, the, the number that you just said, was it 24 points? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you get a lead in the second half and you start thinking too much at that point. They seem to have the same problem that we've been complaining about here more than once. <laughs> it sounds like they're having problems with Josie over there, too. Josie's getting paid I forgot a he was lot on the of roster. money. He's not he's, playing. Yeah, he's, he's like coming off the bench. I think he's getting $4 million a year. Wow. And he, it, I think he's in fights with assistant coaches. Really? It's not going well over there. Yeah, we think of Josie at this point of being like 45 years old. He's 32. Right. Uh, not in his prime, as we've seen. I think 
players of that size, they tend to peak early. Sure. Yeah. And the body, body tends to break yeah. down. He's not playing. I had no idea he was making that much money. He yeah. came off the bench again Saturday, didn't play a lot. Yeah. They're an older team. They are an older team, and it's interesting because they, they play very similarly to the crew when you play that 4 2 3 1. You know, Gill is there, Lucas Celerion. Bo is not quite as good as Books, obviously, but still a, a good MLS striker. And, you know, they want to possess the ball. They want to get their fullbacks forward. The, the one thing I noticed against Philly, which I wonder if the crew try and exploit, is their central midfielders, their holding midfielders, play very uh, along the same line. So they move a lot together. And Philly was picking the ball up behind them quite a bit. If Lucas Zellerian is able to get space behind your defensive midfielders, you're in trouble. Uh-huh. And, you know, again, this was just watching the Philly game. I've kind of casually seen them play a couple times, so I don't know if this is an issue they've had all season. But it was very apparent against Philadelphia, who, strangely, had gone away from the 4-4-2 diamond that they usually play and, and matched New England's 4-2-3-1. I think they went back to the 4-4-2 at halftime. Yeah, okay, did they? I, yeah, I didn't pay that close of attention. I was more watching New England. But, yeah, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting if the crew can, can exploit that and... Obviously, if you're the crew, you want to get a lead. You don't want to have to come back, but that is something to, to keep in their minds mentally if you do go down for some reason. Um, Bruce Arena is a sneaky bastard. He's a, he's a what? He's a sneaky bastard. Just, <laughs> just saying. Well, and he and Caleb have, like, what is what on the surface appears to be a very contentious relationship, but apparently they are, like, mentor-mentee. Caleb loves him. Bruce is said very positive things about Caleb. I mean, they're both fiery people, so they've gotten into it on the sidelines before when <laughs> Bruce was outed in Can L.A. Can you really be friends with Caleb Porter? That's a good question. Or Bruce uh, Arena. Or Bruce, yeah. or, or Bruce Arena, for that uh, matter. Maybe that's why they get along. Right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> this will be an interesting one. Obviously, you know, he's, he's done well against the crew since he's been in New England, but yeah, like we said, this is a, this is a different team, and not a lot of confidence, I imagine, in that group with, with their record of late. And as you mentioned, Brian, a team with a lot of high expectations coming into the year. They're going to pull the tape of the last few games. I'm sure they already have and watch it. And their eyes are going to get wide. And to kind of pull out for a long view, now that we've pulled over the playoff line for the first time since May, how do you think our, our rivals in the Eastern Conference for playoff position, and we still have a lot of work to do, how do you think, Drew, that they're viewing the new crew? Because this is really a completely new team that's unfurled before us the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they're just going to have to give up more on the wings and just let Derek Etienne and Luis Diaz try to beat them. I mean, at this point, you cannot leave Lucas unguarded to receive a pass because he's just going to find Kucha no matter how uh, how many people are on Kucha. Kucha's going to find a way. So I, I think... What we're gonna have to, they're gonna have to see is more attention in the middle, um, maybe a more compact field, which is how play, teams were playing us earlier in the year, and when we were just kind of crossing goals, like crossing crosses in, I guess. Um, so I, that's that's kind of where I, I see the opponents taking us. I think I think the game has changed though. We no longer need to weaponize the crosses as much because you've got. One, two, three, four guys that can shoot from outside the box. Sure. So it doesn't have to. Like, I mean, if, if one or two of those combinations from yesterday work and they don't miss by just a little bit here or there, 
you have we're talking we're talking you know a four nothing screw two crew, screw two. Ah, I pulled a Don Garber. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> crew two versus FCC two. You know drumming here. Well, listen, they, I I see New England parking the bus to a certain extent on Saturday. I see us perfectly happy to win dead balls in Lucas territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw, you know, Cincinnati phallus in places. That, that's where they really, and we didn't talk about this, where they really, their discipline completely fell apart. And they, they gave up fouls where they know better than to do that against us. And, and that's what we're going to be looking to draw New England into. This is a frustrated team mm-hmm. that is going to be instructed to play compact, to play in the middle, to be physical, and we can play that to our advantage. They've also just not been good at it, obviously giving up leads. So yeah, when against Philly, they had uh, Philly had 20 shots against New England. Uh, it looks like all but maybe six or seven of them came from outside the box. There were a lot of shots from outside the box, and that it, you know, if you're congested in there, there's the opportunity. We've seen Cucho score one of those. We know Lucas can hit it. We know Darlington can hit it. Um, I, yeah, I will be very interested to see how Bruce Arena plays it because when they've come to Columbus recently, now it was, obviously they were playing with more confidence then, they've attacked and you know, played their style, but given these, the, the recent performances by both teams, maybe they do sit back a little bit more. And it will be very interesting to see just over these next several weeks how teams adjust to Cucho in general. I mean, as more film is on him, is out there on him and whatnot, obviously he's on an incredible tear right now, historically so, but there will be a game, I imagine, where he doesn't score and, and teams are able to, to contain him a little bit. And then how the crew adjust, you know, further from that. Yeah, and I think one more thing about New England's attack is Gustavo Bo is now their point man. He's just historically been like a second striker. Yeah. And so I, I think there's a little bit of disconnect with their attack. And I think Aiden Morris has really sh- really shut down uh, Bo last time. So hopefully we see that again. Do we uh, – this thought just popped into my head. Is there a rule as to how long Cucho needs to be in the league before we can put him on the all-star team? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I Selections don't, already been made. Yeah, yeah but, but, they could but still baseball, add, they're constantly adding people well, you can because do, of injuries. Uh, Adrian Heath can still add guys, and Don Garber can still do the commissioner picks. I would have to think that's a bit too quick, but Heath already has his coach picks. In. Oh, did he put it? Okay, yeah, Nagby. Don't they want to win the match pick. though? Ah, okay, okay. Who are we playing this year? ML, uh, M- the Liga Emeki All Stars. Oh, okay. All right. Don't they want to win? Don't they need Cucho to do this? We have one defensive midfielder, it seems, on the, two defensive midfielders. It's all just attacking guys in the middle of the field. It's just, it's not going to go well. <laughs> well, it just it seems a like a fan, fantasy roster rules. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's put this into perspective before we make our picks, what we've just seen from Cucho. Um, is this one of the greatest debuts in this league's history? He's got four goals in 89 minutes, or just under 90 minutes of so play. So a game. We, well, it's it's three games. Two braces. So he's essentially but 89 scoring. minutes. Yes, and so that is the best start anybody has ever had in the MLS. He's the quickest to four goals. If you look at uh, like 
Josef Martinez. He had uh, a hat trick in his second game, but scored no goals in his first game and then two in his second. So he, he got to four in, I think it was over 200 minutes, and then Zlatan got to three in about 90 minutes, but he didn't get to four until like... Zlatan yeah. got five. What are you talking about? <laughs> Zlatan had one goal, no goal, then two goals. and then I have many no goals. Goal. That one goal was that banger against LAFC. <laughs> one minute into his yeah. debut. Uh, well, it's, it, it's fun, and they're in the other conference. I wish I could have seen it because I'm a fan. Maybe it's my Welsh heritage, but uh, Gareth Bale made his debut with LAFC the other night. Did anybody get a chance to see that? We watched it in the photo room because that was what was on, and I think he got like three or four touches total. He yeah. had like one nice pass. Well, it's one game. LAFC has gone from what was a, I mean, we'll see how this all plays out. They're at the top of the league, but this has gone from a team that was very smartly putting together rosters to the old school MLS method. You signed <laughs> yeah. Cialini, you signed yeah. Bale. I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't see either of those working out. Cialini okay. more so than Bale, and maybe he's motivated because of the World Cup coming up and, and whatnot. But the guy has not played a lot of soccer the last few years. From the bail contract I've heard, it's a TAM deal for the six months, and then it's a DP deal if he stays for the next year. And so it's it very much get me prepared for the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I it's like great it. for him. He gets to play up to the World Cup, and they're going to need him. Well, I mean, if you have Gareth Bale in a MLS Cup game, single elimination, he's been great for Real Madrid and Champions League. I don't know why you want to want that on your your roster. Yeah, well, it should be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, crew two against Cincinnati, dominated. They four just, nil, right? Four nil. Jason Russell Rowe looks like the best player on the field out there. Makes the difference when they didn't they have. They hadn't him. scored without him. In a, they ha- first of all they haven't lost when he's played. I believe, maybe they lost the first game, but I don't know if he played in that one. But. The two games prior to this, with him up with the first team, they scored zero goals and went lost in the penalty kick shootout. They score four on Saturday. Which is a tie. Right. Yeah. It. yeah. So they scored four with him. He scored two goals. And he had a chance for a hat trick that he passed up, knowing that uh, he could make a better pass, which was, I thought, really mature of him. He played the ball right to JT Kamara, who then skied it in the 92nd <laughs> minute. But I'm yeah. going to tell you this. Cincinnati gave up halfway through the second half. Oh, they yeah. just completely gave up. They're so that's walking. where the first team got it from. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we kept the gas on. We had full sprints down the field with the ball, like one-on-one with the goalie, all the way up until the end. Do we see this at this level where these guys are mostly very young, and so you're going to see a wide disparity in, in talent and, and – uh, professionalism the thing with crew two is that it's consistent and i will say this if you have not gone out to a crew game crew two game i need to do that and you've only watched it on tv in person it's so oh, yeah. much better did they draw so a crowd better uh it's a little crowd but you know they, they it's, it's been getting bigger though yeah. i mean it's definitely more than i would have expected for a second division development team and it's fun yeah they it's are fun yeah. to win they are a lot of fun i've gone I haven't covered any of the games. I've gone as a fan for each of them. And, you know, it's it's fun being back in that stadium. Mm-hmm. The teams, I need to do that. The team's good. 
when Jason Russell Rose there, they score a ton of goals. And they're ruthless. Like, yeah. they have no mercy. They're going for blood every time. Well, they come down isn't the field. that Caleb's DNA on what they're trying to do, right? Yeah, and they just are better than most of the teams in MLS. Which is surprising because some of these other teams have existed before this league. I mean, Cincinnati's didn't. But we built this roster, had this coach, had this GM for that, and they've done a phenomenal job. And a lot of players have said that these uh, facilities we have in Columbus, the training facility, is a big draw. So I think that's really paying dividends, at least at the Pro 2 level. Well, and I think going forward, A, you've already seen, well, two guys get called up, but Jason Russell Rowe are on a first-team contract, so you know the crew's willing to do that. The opportunity to play with guys, you know, train with guys like Cucho, Lucas Celerion, Darlington Nagby, you know, it's going to be an appealing thing for guys who are, you know, those kind of fringe guys. If you're going to be an MLS Next Pro guy to, to come to Columbus, and you mentioned the facilities there, I mean, the, the stuff they get, they have out there, they have their own stadium with the turf field at, at Historic Crew Stadium. So, you know, not that you talk, and we won't talk a ton about, like, the draws of Crew 2, but I do think it's going to be appealing for guys that are at that level and trying to make it up to, to the MLS level. Well, in other sports, you use these development players as trade chips, too. You know, you're showcasing talent. You're not going to, hopefully, you're going to have too much of it. So I think as this league evolves, we're going to see more prospects moving to lower division teams for guys that can help you now. When it's a weird situation, if you're signing a guy from another MLS Next Pro team, mm-hmm. like they, I think there is some compensation, but it's not like a, you know they're not. It's a little more complicated. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly. Okay, I got you. Okay, well. Also, Jake Morris was the man of the match for that match. Somehow, I mean, Jason Russell Rose scores two goals, looks dangerous, but both Mo Farsi and Jake Morris looked great bombing down the pitch. Yeah, I. I really like, you know, Jake Morris is a first-team player. He's on the first-team roster, but he just keeps playing for Crew 2. But I really like Mo Farsi a lot. I mean, even when Jason Russell Rowe was out, he was putting in crosses. That's a guy that, obviously, he's played his, his maximum number of games and for the first team, and I don't see them signing him given just kind of the other situations. But he's a guy for the future for the first team, I think. And, and See, I disagree. I think in, in their pinch to have... Uh, a left and a right back because I think he can play both. He can. Um, but I, I could easily see Mo Farsi being signed up to the first team. Caleb has said they're they're not going to. Oh, sign. they're not going to do it. Well, just, fine. Just then. for, <laughs> just just because they think he just needs more experience at that at that level. If they didn't, That's fair. I mean, I was going to bring this up with the Miguel Berry trade, but I had somebody tell me, and I think I brought it up when we were talking about after the Giassi trade. There was not the plan to sign Jason Russell Rowe to the first team. They did it out of necessity, and it's worked out, and he's played well. But, I mean, they they were trying to just get through that stretch with of injuries and whatnot and match congestion. They did not want to have to add another forward. They wanted him to continue to develop at that level. Unfortunately, he can be loaned down and whatnot, but you know, the plan was not to do this this early on in, in kind of the Crew 2 existence. And, you know, like I said earlier, it may help that they have – attract other guys but Bez has specifically called out Schulte the goalkeeper as yeah. another target so and he's been phenomenal down there and we have two really good young yeah, uh, Scott. G- goalkeepers in uh, Courtois, Courtois the 
the coach said after the game against Cincinnati that he really values having both of them. One of them's left-footed, one of them's right-footed. They've been given, splitting them time. And, I mean, Schulte is, I think, one off of the uh, clean sheet leader, uh, and he plays half game, half mm-hmm. of games. Yeah. So. yeah, they rotate. How big is that step between that level and MLS? It's still pretty big. Okay. Yeah. I mean, especially, and I think that's the thing, is some of these other teams they're playing are just, you know, teams haven't put, not everybody, but, and I've only watched the Eastern Conference teams and mostly just the teams the crew has played, but they haven't put a lot of effort into it. And I think we'll see how the league continues to develop and whatnot, but some of these teams are just, you know, they're rolling guys out there and see what happens type of thing. Hmm. The Rail Monarchs, the Salt Lake team, they have five points on the season, which is awful. <laughs> Cincinnati is just above them with nine. But they have like a 14-year-old on the team. Really? Yeah, Axel Kai. And uh, I think New York City's team also has a 14-year-old. Wow. Yeah. So some of these players are just like young. super young. Well, we saw how that worked out with Mr. Adu. You know? <laughs> it didn't work out too. There's a point where they're too young. I don't care how good they are. That's probably too young. Both of these guys were signed younger than Adu. One guy was signed on his 14th birthday because that's the <laughs> the minimum yes. requirement. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Maybe it's because I, you know, lived in a home with 14 year olds. So I, I just don't know how they handle that sort of responsibility. Take out the trash. <laughs> Go play professional soccer. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about it before we make our picks and get out of here. Miguel Berry was traded this morning. Not surprising. DC United. What yeah. did we get? Uh, they're gonna get money in return. I think it was reported what 250 225 or 225. Um, is that like pocket change? What is it? No, I wouldn't put it. I mean, it's not a ton, but it's a guy who's dropped to the fourth striker on your depth yeah. chart. And this, the trade hasn't gone through yet. I expect. I was told it'll probably get announced sometime this week. Um, so, you know, if people are – but it's definitely happening, for each, sure. Each team gets over, like, $4 million in GAM a year from MLS. So it's it's yeah. not a lot compared yeah. to what. Right. And I, I, the situation, as I'm sure most people understand it, you know, M- Miguel thought he was going to be playing a lot. He's obviously not. They're able to get something for him, and he can probably go and, you know, maybe help DC out a little bit. And, you know, look, it's, it's a team that – will probably be able to give him more playing time. So I think it's a situation of, like, doing the best for both worlds. And, and I mean, the problem is, with a guy like Miguel Berry at 24, which is young, but you're not developing a ton, are you sending him down to Crew 2 for games? I think you'd rather have Jason Russell Rowe be that guy who's going kind of back and forth and continuing to get... He's a, he's a, You talk about he's a tweener. He's a 4A player, you yeah. know? He's, yeah. he's like, what is he? I don't know. Maybe he'll develop into something more. The problem is we saw these flashes from him last year where he was literally the hero in two Hell is Real games. And the irony, as I mentioned, he's traded the morning after another win over Cincinnati that he does not participate in. Where did I saw somewhere that he may have been in D.C. as early as Friday. Oh, it's possible. He was not at training last Friday. Uh, Thomas and, and Tyler were both there. He was meeting with his new manager. Yeah, and he, he was not at the game. Um, I think... He went to meet Wayne Rooney. That's right. I was... Can I, I have your I, autograph? I just think he's mentally 
broken right now, and I, yeah. that's not something that can't be fixed. Well, look at look at it from his standpoint. They trade Jossie's artist. This is the opportunity of a lifetime, and he wasn't able to seize it. It's pretty simple. And you know, going to DC with Wayne Rooney as your head coach, maybe you can learn from one of the best pros. Could he learn from I mean, Olaf he, he did have Landon Donovan as quote unquote coach. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and then he did great that year. Yeah, I, that's what I'm did. saying. I was like, maybe it works the same way. I, like. I, I, I want to be clear. We wish nothing but the best oh, for Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, but it's, yeah, it, there needs to be improvement. And I hope he's, he gets better and he, he scores a ton of goals. He wasn't going to play. Columbus. He wasn't going to play for the first team. And as you said, I think the, the level at Crew 2 is too much beneath yeah, him. So he's just sort of stuck and he's got to figure it out. The kid has the physical tools. We've seen that. He's able to. He's a bigger guy. He can play up top. He can play on the wings. He needs to play smarter. Yeah, he plays he does. with his head down too much. He needs to learn. And I think, you know, they they gave him a good shot here mm-hmm. in Columbus. They did. And you know, hopefully he get he. I think if he starts scoring goals again, his career can certainly still take off. Sure. It just yeah. you know this is a team. DC is a team not going anywhere this year. No. Nope. And I mean they weren't even gonna bring in Wayne Rooney at, at first. So it's a team where you can go and, and just try and get something going and maybe be a part of something next year, whereas the crew, you're obviously hoping with Cucho coming in to really take off now and, you know, you need somebody and now it'll be between Eric Hurtado and, and Jason Russell Rowe for that second striker spot, which, you know, especially once Cucho is fully fit, you hope you don't have to turn to a ton and, you know, you can you can fill in with spots and that's not what Miguel Berry thought he was getting out of this season. and. And, you know, had things gone differently, maybe he is still the number one guy. It was over when Hurtado scored that goal against Atlanta. <laughs> it was over at that point. And Miguel yeah. hadn't scored a goal in, like, yeah. however many yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. All right, real quick before we make our picks, what anything on the injury front that we know, will know, nope. could uh, know? Our tour probably still out this week, but he's getting closer. Um, we'll get updates. They actually moved media availability to Wednesday this week. So. He juggled that orange pretty well, though. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. um, and obviously, Milos came back for the last few yeah. minutes of that game, so that was good to see. Um, you mentioned, uh, Drew, you mentioned before we started recording that no uh, no Steven Marrera for this game. So. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing yeah, that up. Marlon yes, Hairston cards. was off the injury report this week, so uh, should be able, if they need, if that's the way they go, to fill in it right back. And that's a that's the biggest point of concern about Saturday in all of our minds, right, is not having Steven Marrera. Well, they could try the three-back yeah. formation again, maybe try the two strikers. We'll see. But they've experimented with different formations We'll see how it works. All right. Let's make our pick. Sam? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 crew. All right. Drew? Yeah, I'm going to say New England scores first and fails to hold on to the lead while we score three with a Cucho hat trick. <laughs> it was really Is unfortunate. Is he going to play long enough to score a hat trick? I guess at his pace. I mean, he's, that was the thing. It was, you know, the one goal, two goals in 45 minutes. I thought 60 minutes, you could definitely get a hat trick. And, you know, a bit of a letdown from Cucho, frankly. I say that in jest. Uh, I will also say 2-1 crew. All right. Lucas scores twice. Cucho scores once. Josh Williams on a corner kick okay, header. Bart. 4-1 crew on Saturday. Bart's not here. No. Where is he? Somebody's got to be sunshine. Uh, Bart. Bart 
and there he's in a COVID household right now. So oh no. He is he is negative and feeling good, but his wife, who is feeling all right, uh, still tested positive today. So oh. abundance of caution. Yeah. Well, we agreed we, to. We uh, appreciate that. So. We miss Bart. Yeah, Bart? He, had, he didn't get to come in the game last night. I was pretty. Oh. I was texting him during the game, but he uh, he was yeah, pretty bummed about that. He's a good citizen. Be well, Bart, and, and your wife as well. And we'll see you soon. All right. I guess that does it. We covered everything. How long did that take? 55 and a half Wow, that's right pretty now. good. That might be our record. We scored uh, five goals in under an hour. Yeah. That's another mass report in the it's can. It's the first time in MLS. <laughs> Thank you for uh, listening. We're at Saucy Brew Works. Normally on Mondays, come see us. Or come see them at Saucy Brew Works anytime. They got you covered with the delicious beers and the great eats and the coffee, too. We're in the coffee shop, and people are, are digging all their offerings there as well. Listen to my radio station, CD 92.9, if you would. I would appreciate it. That's Sam. That's Drew. That's Murph. I'm Brian. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Like and subscribe to the Mass Report Podcast.